Hey everybody, little Scotty here. Wanted to first explain why I named my podcast What Do I Have to Do? Drive a Nail Through Your Head? Because I have some new listeners and maybe they haven't heard the story yet. So let me think. My dad, who when he got older was a much more mellow and different kind of man than he was when he was younger and raising five children. He was an ex-Marine and sometimes ran the house that way. I was the oldest, so I caught most of the crap coming towards the children. Unfortunately, my mother was kind of mentally ill. But um, back then, you didn't call it that, and nobody treated it. So... To say the least, things were tense. Uh, I actually had to get my driver's permit, so I was taking driver's lessons in school, and I was also having my dad take me around and let me drive in the little Volkswagen Beetle we had. It was a four-speed. He wanted me to learn stick shift, which I was all for. I thought it was a great idea. But getting in a car with a six foot four, two hundred and sixty pound guy when you're six foot two and about two hundred and sixty pounds, we looked like someone had shoved ten pounds of potatoes in a five pound sack. So it didn't really look very attractive, but we did it. We got in there. Now the instruction started in the driveway, which lasted about five minutes which I really didn't need because I had snuck out and driven the stick shift many times. I listened and pretended like I didn't know anything, and then I threw it in reverse and backed down the driveway straight as an arrow. And uh, when I got out into the street, he uh, said, all right, let's head this, you know, towards, I won't tell you the street, but we went out and I got to the first stoplight and we were turning left. And the left arrow for turning left was turning yellow. And, of course, I floored it to get through the yellow light, which is something I had seen him do hundreds of times. And he said, you don't floor it through a yellow light. You stop. That's what yellow lights are for. You're supposed to yield and and stop if you can. Well, I thought I was going too fast. Well, you wouldn't have been going too fast if you were approaching the light, you know, at a regular speed. Oh, okay. Sorry, Dad. And, of course, then we came up to the second light, and uh, that one I was going straight through. And it turned yellow, and I floored it and went straight through it. Now, mind you, I made it through both of these lights before they turned red. But, because I was speeding, my dad started yelling again. What do I, you know, I, this is ridiculous. You are just out of line going through these lights. It's completely crazy. So the third light came along. What do you know? It was a left turn again and the light turned and I saw it turn yellow and like a moron, I floored it and went right through it and I knew it was coming, but there was some hesitation. So I waited, and I waited, and I kept driving. And then he turned to me and he said, What do I have to do? Drive a nail through your head? And that's how the story goes, children. 
don't let your father drive a nail through your head. It's just not good practice. So anyhow, I thought I'd fill you in on the basically the start of this podcast. I try to deal with children and how to raise them, how to take care of them, you know, how to deal with the teenage years, a little bit of everything. I try to cover as much as I can. This week I figured I'd cover the fact that uh, you never really stop raising your children. You never stop taking care of your children. Mine are all older now and, and out of the house. But it's surprising that you just, you never feel the need to, you know, just completely step away. You really can't. You have to be there for them when they need you. You know, there are times when you can't avoid it. They need you in a bad situation. You know, my older daughter's going through something right now that's rough. Uh, My second son is caught between leases in his apartment, so he's coming home for a little bit until he gets his condo. He has a problem with the lease ending, and they haven't found a condo yet. So he's coming here to live, and his girlfriend is going to live with his, her mother and father, I guess, until everything comes together. It's going to change his ride a little bit. He's going to have an hour-long ride to work, but whatever. We have a basement, and the basement is finished and has a bedroom in it, so he can stay there. It'll work. But see what I mean? You never really stop raising your children. They, you know, sometimes have rough times and you kind of have to accommodate them and you try to try to keep them on their own as lo- as much as you can. You know, you don't want them living off of you for the rest of your life. That's not how it goes. If you have one of those children that's been in your house and now is 35, It's time to kick them out as soon as you possibly can because if they can't stand on their own two feet by the time they're 35, um, there's a problem. Now, there are circumstances that will change that, like if they're taking care of you because you can't get around or you can't get in and out of the shower without help, something of that nature, and there's not enough money to go around to get a home nurse. Well, I guess I understand. You know, there's not a lot you can do about something like that. So if you have to get that help from that child, well, then I guess that's a blessing. So I think if you look at it in the grand picture, as they say, or as I say, you have to realize that the love for your children never goes away and you're going to help them no matter what. You know, you may have to play the tough guy every once in a while when you feel like a child has taken advantage of you, but hopefully that won't be the case. I mean, if you raise them the right way, they'll be interested in being out on their own and showing you that they could do what you taught them to do and make a life for themselves. So it shouldn't take a major event, you know, like a big blow up between you and the child or the teenager, not teenager, the young adult to get them out of the house. It should be something they want to do. I know that 
I stayed in my house until I was 22 because I was getting married and going back to college. If I had it back, I probably would have left at, I don't know, 18 or 19 and gotten an apartment with somebody because it would have been a lot more fun because I still had a curfew and all that other fun stuff. So I think, you know, you you wish you could go back in time, but you can't, at least not as we know of. You know, some of these people with that, what is that, QAnon or whatever, they think you can go back in time. They also think some really weird stuff about medicine. So, listen, I think that if we're going to do this in a specific way, we should also look at the fact that kids will sometimes make financial mistakes too. And you may end up bailing them out. I have not had too much trouble with that, but a little bit here and there where a kid forgets to make a payment on the electrical bill or whatever, and now it's double and they don't have the money for it. And You know, you float them some money, but you make sure you get it back. And that's the way you teach them, that you're not going to borrow money from me and I'm, you know, without getting it back. My parents made that mistake with my youngest sister and they never got any of their money back and then my own brother did the same thing with his sister or with our sister when same sister youngest in the family and he loaned her money right and left and never got any of it back so there are people out there that you can give them the money but you're never going to see it again now if you're going to give it to them out of the goodness of your heart because you want to help them and you don't want them to suffer or struggle and you know they're having a, a real hard time, then go ahead. But if they just screwed up and made a mistake on their bills, you know, you should get the money back. So I think a lot of times, too, that there's this this unseen rule that you have to help your child no matter what happens. And... The truth is, is that there are times when I think a child is beyond help, and I'm talking about a, a young adult, where they have to learn the lesson the hard way. We see this a lot in, you know, the kid who's selling drugs in school, you know, and gets busted for it and ends up at home trying to explain things to his parents, and then he gets busted by the cops, you know, when he's 19 or 20 selling something on the street. The third time he gets busted, he gets to go to prison for a year. And, you know, as a parent, that's the worst nightmare you can have. But what do you do in a situation like that? You know, do you let the child go to prison and, and learn a lesson? Or do you fight it all the way and try to keep the child out of prison? Hopefully they'll, you know, just be off the selling wagon or the using wagon, whatever it may be. And I know that drug use is real prevalent right now in the United States, and it's hard. It's not easy to get off of this medication. It's Some of it is very, very addictive. And once you get some of it into your system, you want more. And that's all I can say is that you want more. I've been on the painkillers, and when I came off of them, it was hard. It was really hard. I had three or four days of 
pure hell before it eased up. So if you have to check the young adult into rehab and get them to dry him out, that's the way to go. Most, most insurance companies now will pay for something like that um, because in the long run, it costs them a lot more to treat the disease of drug addiction or alcohol addiction than it does to actually have them go through rehab once and be done with it, hopefully. But as they say, you know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But I know alcoholics who haven't had a drink in 30 years. So it's something you really have to think hard and long about when the time comes when something like that happens. And hopefully it won't happen to any of you, but I'm afraid that it probably will. And it could happen to me for all I know. God, I hope not, but uh, nobody's impervious to the things that happen. So I think with um, all the problems that we go through with children and young adults and the teenage years, you'd think we'd learn. But we always seem to mess it up a little bit. Oh, I also wanted to say that I'm sorry I haven't put anything out in the last two weeks. It's been uh, a little bit crazy around here with uh, the whole COVID thing. So I'm trying to... I've been lucky enough to avoid it, and my wife has too, but the rest of my immediate family, my sister, my brother-in-law, some of the kids, they all got it, and it's now... Uh, a worry here because we think the person who was spreading it was probably here at our house and we don't know who it was. So just walking around on pins and needles waiting for something to happen. So I've been a little bit gun shy, so to speak, but I'm back and hopefully nothing's going to happen. So anyhow, I think the rest of the podcast will be about something that I'm going through right now, and that's my daughter is pregnant with my second grandchild. Now, there's a lot of interesting things about pregnancy that are amazing to watch, and one of them is the absolute nightmare that a woman goes through during the first trimester of the pregnancy, which, first off, every morning they get up and puke, which is just wonderful. You get to do absolutely nothing but maybe hold their hair out of the puke in the toilet water. The other things that happen are incredible hormone imbalances that will cause her to come at you with an axe. If you're not sure, um, try saying something wrong. So my daughter is really going through it bad. She's got the sickness, the morning sickness that lasts all day, which isn't good. And she also has two year or I'm sorry, a five year old who demands quite a bit of attention and she's trying to keep everybody happy and it's you know, it's not easy. So I'm doing a lot of five year old babysitting, which is rather entertaining when you uh have it happen to you because certain things become possible even when you're a big grandpa um like such as uh, letting the 5-year-old do your hair and makeup 
and realizing that everybody wants to take your picture after that. I'm surprised it isn't on Facebook, but uh, it should be. It was I was gorgeous. I mean, just gorgeous. So uh, tea parties are nice, and we have those occasionally. Uh, I have my master's degree in Plato. There's also quite a bit of uh, McDonald's play toys around. We have one of those small cutouts right by our kitchen and our living room, and she uses it as a drive-up window. So she stands on the couch and says, can I have a french fries and a hamburger and a waffle? And then we have those toys, so we give them to her, and she pretends to eat them and then comes back. Rather entertaining to watch. So we uh, spend all this time now watching her, and it's it's kind of hard to remember what it was like to have four kids all under the age of nine and trying to entertain them all, but yet we managed to do it. I I don't know how I did it because I'm so tired when this kid leaves. I don't know if I could ever do that again at least not at this age. I, I I know that I have friends who are just getting married and they're marrying, you know, second marriage and they're marrying somebody who's 20 years younger than them or 15 years younger than them and they want to have a baby and here's this guy at 56 or 57 years old and he, sure enough, he's going to be a dad, not a grandpa, a dad. And there is one buddy of mine who is already a grandpa and is going to be a dad. So I think there's a little misunderstanding there. If you're marrying somebody who's 15 years younger than you or 20 years younger than you, I think they call that the second wives club and you're probably making too much money. So you might want to look hard at what's going on. Is this a uh, money thing or is this a love thing? It's always hard to tell um, when the girl looks like, I don't know, Jennifer Aniston. And that's all you can think about, which would be all I could think about too. So it's just not a lot you can do about it. You just kind of have to say, hey, I think you're in this for the money. Tell me you're not. Give me a good explanation. And when she says, well, I just wanted that red Ferrari. I thought it was nice on me. Then you have to realize that it's the money. Walk away, my friend, walk away. Also, remember that you may think you're a big guy for fathering a child at 58 or 60 years old. But the truth is, is that by the time that child enters college, you're going to be almost 80. And... You're going to miss everything. You know, you're going to miss probably his children and, you know, ever being a grandpa again. And it's just, don't do that. You know, just don't do that. Makes me crazy. So, thinking I'm going to end the show a little early today. I got a horse, kind of horse throw from coffin, and I'm hoping that's not the beginning of something worse. It's been going on for several weeks, though, so I think it's probably not what you think it is. I think it's sinuses. So I'm going to take it off, take the show off right now, and we'll uh, talk to you later. Bye.